day, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio. Glad to have you come aboard. Hey, we got a good topic for you. We kind of began this topic um, last week. We got into part one of it. Anyway, turn that down a little bit. We started talking about souped-up Christians. And um, we're going to continue with that thought, but... Then we, Friday we had a, a program with Nick Costello, and uh, Nick is coming Saturday, May 21st, right here to New Hope Christian Church in Swansea, Mass. And he's going to do a seminar entitled, Stop Suicide. And sadly, that seems to be an epidemic today, doesn't it? Oh man. Even with young people. And uh, we recorded that program last week, and you can find it at the Hope Club podcast, episode 343. If you want to listen a little bit more, maybe again, or if you haven't heard it yet, episode 343 at the Hope Club podcast, interview with Nick Costello, who will be here at New Hope, May 21st, for a two-hour seminar entitled Stop Suicide. Now, the doors open at 8. The seminar will begin at 8.30, Saturday morning. And uh, it's a $25 entrance fee, but you do get a workbook as well. And you can come and you can pay at the door also. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a good investment. Nick's going to talk about the signs to look for. He's even going to talk about how to overcome the grief. If you've been affected by a loved one or a friend, family member, a friend that took their life. There's a way you can overcome that grief. And so he'll be covering all of those topics, two-hour seminar, two and a half hours probably, with a break in between, Saturday, May 21st, right here at New Hope in Swansea. Okay? All right. So when we talked about souped-up Christians, we noted three levels of Christian living. The first one, the jalopy Christian. Try to picture a jalopy, a run-down, beat-up old car. What do you see? Oh, dented, paint-faded, not very appealing. It functions, but barely. It serves the purpose, gets you to the store, but that's about it. It'll never really get you to where you really need to go. Then we talked about the um, toy car Christian. That's the one where... Christianity is just a game, something to have fun with. It's for amusement purposes only. But again, it'll never get you to that ultimate destination. And then we talked about the souped-up Christian. This guy, he means business, right? His car is built to go somewhere. It'll get you there fast, in style, has all the power that you need, very appealing as well and very enviable. So there's the three levels of Christian living, the jalopy, the toy car, and the souped-up Christian. So now that we're understanding what is a souped-up Christian, what does it look like, we're going to meet one. We're going to meet a souped-up Christian today. But before we do, have you ever had the experience of living life, and maybe you're there right now, You're living life at a very modest, even enjoyable level. 
okay? Things are going along pretty good, not too extreme toward the positive or the negative. You're just kind of getting along, but you're doing fine. You're happy. You don't mind the status quo. And then, bam, something happened. A threat came into your life, and you had to make a decision. These things do happen to people. Oh, yeah. Even God's people, they do. So, what do you do? What do you do when this bam comes into your life and begins to threaten you? Well, we're going to see what a souped-up Christian would do. And maybe we can learn to emulate the very same thing. Okay? Let me give you a little bit of background to our story. The nine-foot, six-inch-tall giant Goliath. He's threatening the army of Israel. No one wants to fight him because they're all afraid of him. He's too big, they're too small. But young David shows up and he hears the giant's threats. And he tells King Saul, I'll go fight that giant. And Saul Saul tells him, no, you're no match for Goliath. And I want you to note the conversation. Now remember, David is the souped-up Christian. Okay? For Old Testament purposes, we call him the souped-up believer. But because we're in a series entitled Souped-Up Christians, we're going to call him a souped-up Christian. Okay? So, we find him, 1 Samuel 17, 23. Then Saul said to David, You are not able to to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're but a youth. Well, he has been a warrior from his youth. All this guy knows David is how to fight. It's all he's done. And David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came, took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and I attacked him and I rescued it right from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard, bonked him on the head. (laughs) The swooped up Christian doesn't just handle the problem when it comes, but he handles the problems as they continue to come. You know, first it was a lion, then it was a bear. Sometimes we think the problem that we have today, that's enough. That was a big one. Oh, there there really shouldn't be any more. David could have said, you know, I faced a lion. Why do I need to face a bear? Enough's enough. You ever say that? Enough's enough. Enough problems are enough. I don't need any more. Remember Charles de Gaulle, president of France back in the 50s? You know what he said? He said, a man of character finds a special attraction in difficulty, since it is only by coming to grips with difficulty that he can recognize his potential. Wow, that's a man of character. He finds a special attraction in difficulty, since it is only by coming to grips with difficulty that he can recognize his potential. Sometimes we say it a little differently. The cream rises to the top, right? You stir the milk, you agitate the milk, and the cream rises to the top. It's through difficult times that our, the best part of us can, can surface, okay? You never know how strong you are until you have to face something that comes against you. So in verse 36, David said, talking to the king, 
Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he'll be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. Now think about it. A predator is a predator. Doesn't matter what shape it comes in. It could come in the shape of a lion, come in the shape of a bear. It can come in the shape of a, of a giant. They're all handled the same way, with faith and courage. That's it. Maybe your giant is sickness. Maybe it's conflict. Maybe it's divorce, loneliness, despair. A giant is anything that threatens or intimidates us. It's just like handling a lion, a bear. Faith and courage are what's needed. That's how you face them. You face them with faith, and you face them with courage. They're all difficult things that come into our lives, but we don't back down. By David killing the lion and killing the bear, you know what that did? It increased his courage to face the giant. Oh, I like that. By killing the lion and the bear, it gave him courage to face the giant. And you know what David does? He uses past victories to encourage him in the present problem. In verse 37, David said, The Lord, see, he knows, he knows something. The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He'll deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. David doesn't even see him as a giant. He sees him as a Philistine. And Saul said to David, Okay, go. And may the Lord be with you. Yep, go go ahead, David. You go fight. I'm not. (laughs) You know, Saul was the biggest guy in Israel. And he wouldn't fight the giant. And David was a little teenage boy. And he said, Let me at him. You know why? David has something Saul didn't have. Faith and courage. You need them both. Faith to know God goes with you and courage to go. And David had them both. And yet, his weapons were very simple. King Saul, when he consented, he said, Okay, listen, I'll let you go fight the giant, but you get to wear my armor. And David's like, Oh man, that's strange stuff. I never use that. I've got my own weapons. David refused Saul's armor. He knew the weapons that he was familiar with. His sling and some stones. That's it. David was very comfortable with what he had because he used them before. The souped-up Christian knows what works for him. The souped-up Christian knows what works for her. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what works for you? How about this one? Do you know what doesn't work for you? There are some that are listening today who, when you encounter a problem, you use things that don't work. They never worked. They never will work. And yet you continue to use them. I'm like, what's that all about? Why would you do that? Why would you use something to face a problem that doesn't work? It never worked before, and it's never going to work in the future, and yet you keep using it. Why do you do that? 
You say, well, what do, what do I use to face my problems? Here's a few things that don't work. Criticism. Harsh talk. Sarcasm. Negativity. Self-righteousness. Worry. Despair. Those things don't work. And yet we seem to utilize those things every time we face a giant. The problem. Why do we do that? You know they don't work, but you continue to use them. And then you wonder why you never get the victory. Why can't I get the victory over this thing? You have to use what you know works for you. For David, it was a simple sling and some stones. He knew it worked for him because he used it in the past. And he was very good with it, with what he had. For you, what works for you? You'll have to find out. But it's probably the opposite of what you've been using. I can give you a few hints. I can give you a few things. How about the promises of God? How about abiding in the resources of divine scripture? How about praying about it? How about not going to people, but going to the Lord? Things like that. Find out what works for you. Hopefully, you'll get good at what works for you, and you'll keep using it over and over and over, and you'll always get the victory. So, David, he goes out to meet the giant, and after a few more intimidating remarks from Goliath, David goes to work. He loads a stone into his sling. He whirls it around his head a few times, lets it fly. Bang! It hits Goliath right in the forehead. And he falls down. He's not dead, but he falls down. And you know what David does? He runs right up to him. He draws on the giant's sword, that big sword Goliath had. He grabs that sword, and he cuts off his head. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. He finished the job. That's the point. He saw the job all the way through to the end. And you know what happened? The men of Israel became so emboldened that they chased the Philistines in hot pursuit. All of a sudden, the the, the army got brave. Because they weren't afraid of the Philistines. They were afraid of one guy. The loudmouth giant. Usually it's the loudmouth that intimidates people. It's the mouth. What you got to do, you got to stop the mouth. Intimidation will go away. That's what David did. He stopped the mouth of the giant. And everybody got emboldened. And they chased those Philistines. And this, all of this happened because of one souped up Christian. There's one. One guy. Changed the whole thing. So, what can we learn from this souped up Christian, because it's oh, you know, when we ever we study the Bible, we want to learn something, right? And we we just don't want head knowledge; we want applied knowledge. We want something that we can use in our own life, because we want victories too. Oh yeah, we want victories. So here are some things that we can learn from this story. Number one: as easygoing as your life might be, problems will come in. They will. But, wait. After one problem, 
will come another one, and another one, and another one. See, don't think, well, the Christian life is a life without problems. No, the Christian life is a life with resources, with divine resources. And God has made them available to me to help me with my problems. God's not in the business of removing our problems, but he's in the business of shaping us and molding us through our problems. That's what we have to understand. And I think sometimes people are getting the wrong message. They're getting the message that God will remove the problem, and if he doesn't, it's your fault because you don't have enough faith. I say, no. God will bring you through it if you have the faith and the courage to do it. That's the key. God will use a problem not to give you a way of escape, but to make you like Christ. Isn't that the goal? That we would become Christ-like. I believe that's the goal of our Christian life. Okay? So problems will come into your life. Number two, they will come in one after another after another because God is always working and always shaping. Thirdly, eventually, the giant will come. The big one. Oh, the big mama of all the problems. The giant himself. And you know what that giant will do? Fourthly, he will strike fear into the heart of the average person. Fear. See, you know know what giants do? They intimidate. That's all. Because they look so big. But they have a lot of, they make a lot of noise. They look big. They look like they're looming, right? Giants kind of loom over us. But they go down just as easy as anything else. We saw it with David. A stone? What? You hit him in the head with a stone, took him down. Then he finished the job. So when you see a giant come into your life, remember his number one tactic, fear. It's not to destroy you. It's to make you afraid. He strikes fear into the heart of the average person, but he doesn't strike fear into the heart of the souped-up Christian. That's why. What do I want to be? Do I want to be a jalopy, a toy car, or souped-up? Which one? The souped-up Christian will not fear when the giant comes on the horizon. Fifthly, a souped-up Christian's small, uh, smaller past victories give encouragement for the present problem. Sometimes we need to reflect back at the victories that we had in the past. And you've had some. So say, hey, God gave me victories them, then, He's going to give me victories today, too. I'm going to go forward in faith and courage. And I'm going to get another victory. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get another victory. God's going to line them up for you. He's going to line up those victories, and he's going to give you more and more and more. But what do you need? Faith and courage. Okay? And then number six, don't use what doesn't work. Use what works. Use what works in your life. There are negative approaches that we can have to these giants. And if they don't work, don't use them. 
But what are the positive things? What are the things that you did in the past that gave you the victory? What were the divine... Oh, doesn't the Bible say God has given us weapons that are divinely powerful for the pulling down of strongholds? Yeah, divinely powerful. What does that mean? They come from God. Use what God has provided. That's what you do. If you know that loving kindness works better than criticism, then use it. If you know humility works better than self-preservation or self-defense, then use it. If you know being quiet works better than being a loudmouth, then use it. Because doesn't God tell us a soft answer turns away wrath? See, this is how you get the victory over the problem. One person said, life is like a grindstone. Whether it grinds you down or polishes you, it depends on the stuff that you're made of. Right? A grindstone can sharpen a knife. A grindstone can polish a jewel. A grindstone can dull something. Grind it down to nothing. Right? Do you ever have a big tree in your yard? Had that tree cut down, but the big stump is there. Oh, man, you can't pull that stump out. It's too big. What do you do? They come up with this big grinder. They, they grind it down to nothing. To nothing. Grinders will grind down to nothing. And then there's other grinders. They polish and they shine. They make beautiful. Which one do you want to be? You want to be ground down to nothing? Or do you want to shine? I think we all want to shine, right? So if you want to shine, you know what happens? God becomes real to you. See, God is real to the souped-up Christian. God is not that real to the jalopy. God is not that real to the toy car Christian. And you know, you know if you're a toy car Christian... Oh, yeah, you're all about the fun of Christianity, but when it rains on your parade, look out. You're like the, <clears throat> you're like the seed that fell on the rock. You, the, the roots sprung up quickly, but when the heat of the sun came, you withered away because you had no root. Christianity is not an amusement. It's not an entertainment. It's a spiritual journey that's going through a spiritual battlefield. That's what Christianity is. And Christianity takes faith. And it takes courage. And if you don't work on developing those two things, you're going to become a casualty. But if you do, you will become victorious. Because you'll be a souped-up Christian. So ask yourself, how God is re- how, how real is God to me? Oh, that's the question. How real is God to me? He's very real, I hope. Next time we're together, we're going to take a look at a principle. Perfect pitch, perfect will. What does that mean? Perfect pitch, perfect will. We're going to see what that means. How, how like when an instrument 
has a perfect pitch, makes a beautiful song. But if it's out of tune, ah! <laughs> if it's out of tune, it sounds like my cello playing. Ah! But anyway, listen, join me tomorrow for that. Don't forget, Saturday, May 21st, 2022, coming up this week. Join us for a seminar entitled Stop Suicide with Nick Costello. Doors open at 8. Seminar begins at 8.30. It'll go to about 11, maybe 11.30 if there's some Q&A. A break, refreshments in between. You can get in for $25. That's the fee. But you get a nice big workbook to go along. And I'll tell you what, this is going to help you. Not only help you recognize signs to look for in someone that's entertaining thoughts of taking their life, but it's also going to help you to overcome the grief and the sorrow that follows a loved one that has taken their life. This is a very serious topic. Nick has been trained in the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He knows what he's talking about. It's going to be very helpful. He's got some resources available as well. He wrote a book. And um, come on out. And if you want to hear the interview that I had with him last week, The Hope Club Podcast, episode 343. So go to the Hope Club Podcast. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. You can type it in online. You can find it on our website, newhopecc.tv. Episode 343. Okay, listen to the interview. You'll get some highlights on what's going to happen at the seminar May 21st right here. New Hope Christian Church, Route 6, Swansea, Massachusetts. Listen, we always want to remind you about joining the Hope Club, because that's part of our growth as well. You want to be a souped up Christian? Listen to the Word of God every day. Get a devotional in your email box. Support New Hope Radio with $3 a week. We'll send you that devotional every day. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the little menu bar. It'll tell you all about the Hope Club. This is not the podcast. This is something different. This is the devotional. I start my, my day off with it every morning. And I need to hear it. Even though I said it, I forget it. So I need to hear it. And it just kind of sets you off on the right tone for the day. Go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, join the Hope Club. And we can kind of work together and help each other out, okay? Thank you for coming along today. Be a souped up Christian. Come on now, build that faith, build that courage, go forward, face those giants. Thank you.